Hello and welcome to Buildings of Tomorrow. My name is John Lester and in today's episode we are talking about regenerative and resilient communities. I'm joined today by James Ehrlich. He is the CEO and founder of Regen Villages. James, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Honored to be here. Uh, let's start at the beginning. Uh, Regen Villages, what is it and, and what do you focus on? So Regen Villages is a Stanford University spin-off company that I founded in 2016 as a Dutch holding company. So we're actually an EU entity, mm -hmm. uh, but with subsidiaries in Sweden, UK, here in the US, Canada. We're a very strange multinational startup um, with this intent to reimagine the future of residential living neighborhoods um, around critical life support systems of so food, water, energy, circular waste to resource management, of course, connectivity to smart homes um, and using our village operating system software, our village OS software, mm -hmm. to both design these neighborhoods and then operate those same communities. Okay, perfect. So you're looking at, at communities, the, the design process, then obviously the, the, the delivery process, but having a community that goes beyond just sustainability from an energy perspective and looking beyond that into, like you talked about, these essential life requirements, food, uh, community, etc. Exactly. I mean, right now there's an urgent housing crisis uh, globally. There's also terrible economic inequality, especially around housing. And that uh, married with, uh, in the same cauldron, if you will, uh, this, uh, this disassociation from nature. As a species, we've never been so far disassociated from our natural world than we are right now. And so mm -hmm. our goal really is, especially the peri-urban and the rural areas, represent a beautiful opportunity in balance with smart cities, with urban areas, to create a kind of steam valve where lots of people, humanity, can live in these very self-reliant, flourishing, thriving places. And mm -hmm. that technology can help us, again, design these places, uh, change the rules for fast-track permitting and zoning. Uh, so it's also a new kind of rule maker using machine learning on mm -hmm. that topic, but also using machine learning to improve and optimize and mitigate against uh, climate change risks. Mm -hmm. So it's really uh, an important point, and I want to bury the lead, that Regen Villages has become part of the UN Climate Change Secretariat Resilience Lab, and some very big announcements will be coming shortly about our participation with the UN. We're also part of the EU Smart Rural Villages Commission mm -hmm. uh, for the last couple of years, helping to, as a member, to guide some of the rules and regulations around grants and subsidies. Mm -hmm. And we're positioned Regen Villages, quite honestly, as a, a bridge really to, to big finance. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned the UN there, you mentioned <coughs> the EU there. Can you just give us an idea, a summary of, you know, what, what is the goal of these organizations with this topic? What are they trying to achieve? Right. So, um, the main thing is that there's there's a this colorful tiles called the Sustainable Development Goals, mm -hmm. and they're quite pretty and they're quite lovely and they're quite important. Um, but separate from the sort of uh, display of these things, there hasn't been a lot of action. Mm -hmm. uh, and if there is action, you see that in these sort of siloed interpretations around energy or water or waste or housing, um, but it's not really anything fully integrated. 
And Regen Villages, uh, from its you know, inception, is this whole idea of the sentient neighborhood infrastructure uh, in support of this myriad of, of technologies and platforms and things like this, but also at its core is really about uh, going after each one of those 17 sustainable development goals and making them really inclusive, that we can create uh, these lily pads of self-reliant neighborhoods around the world that uh, in the aggregate reduce burdens on government, local, regional, reduce burdens on healthcare systems, uh, increase and broker peaceful, happy places. Mm -hmm. uh, these are really important topics right now, especially due to COVID and yeah. this new swath of both um, unemployment and underemployment. Mm -hmm. So we fit into this green transition uh, kind of funding category. And that's where the UN is sort of stepping up right now through the climate change secretariat to say, hey, we think we've found within Regen Villages uh, our bright light, key mm -hmm. bright light solution to these issues around the world. So it's really exciting for us to, yeah. to be part of that. That, that would be exciting. And I can imagine, you know, when you're starting to, to work with organizations like that, you're not trying to make a, a local or a regional or even a, a countrywide impact. You're trying to, to highlight what's possible and really get that rolled out on a really broad scale. You, you mentioned COVID there very quickly, uh, and, and we're talking about self-reliant, resilient communities. Is or do you see an opportunity to help a topic like this be pushed forward, to be brought to the forefront of the conversation when people are starting to understand some of the negative impacts that, that you know, high-density urban living can have and some of the opportunities that living a little bit and the flexibility that can bring living away from those areas? Is that something that's really starting to bring this topic forward from your perspective? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I was a bit like Chicken Little. Uh six, eight years ago, sort of saying, hey, you know, we should really start to be looking outside of cities in balance with, you know, urban retrofits and things like this. I'm not anti-city, just so you know, I grew up mm -hmm. in Manhattan. I grew up in New York City. That, so that's I get about it. as city as you get, right? You get, don't get much more city than that, uh, pretty much. And I understand the 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 vibrance and the, the, the cultural aspects and the connectivity and all that that cities represent. Um, we're not against cities, like I said, but mm -hmm. the truth is that we predicted uh, an exodus from urban areas due to, you know, six years ago, eight years ago, um, climate change anomalies, mm -hmm. right? So you have one, two, three events that hit these, these mega cities, typically coastal mega cities. And then that is the, the impetus for swaths of populations to start to want to move out and back mm -hmm. to the countryside. The issue is that the countryside, the peri-urban and the rural areas have been so neglected for so many decades that they don't have the capacity to welcome this population that they'd actually love to welcome yeah. um, in that way. You know, you know knowledge workers and, and the ability to sort of have uh, rejuvenation happening. So that's one of the, the key things that we're focusing on. Um, I want to also mention that I uh, maintain my affiliation at Stanford University in the School of Medicine mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur in residence in what's called the Stanford Flourishing Project, mm -hmm. which is really about setting the circumstances for happy longevity. Yeah. And, and that really has to do with, from our research about place and the sort of blue zone research of access and agency with natural resources, so your mm -hmm. food and your water and your energy and your waste to resource. All of that um, really contributes to 
better health, mm-hmm. um, improved immune systems, um, and in creating these kinds of communities that, yes, are safer because they're not sort of piled in on each other and stacked on top of each other. Mm-hmm. So we, we really feel, again, that the future of our species on a healthy planet Earth for centuries and, and millennia to come um, absolutely requires us to look outside of cities. And yeah. that's where Regen Villages, at least initially, that's our focus uh, on those kinds of developments. Understand. It's a really interesting topic that you talk about there when when you say that you know this this understanding of additional impacts or additional influences on our well-being. You know the the spaces around us, our comfort levels, our ability to access the things that we know we need, are obviously connected with you know our, our employment level, our access to to the the resources and the the expectations that we have for a modern life. It it links a little bit to you know we see a heightened understanding from a, an industry, from a, a global urban uh, um, industry, to know. The impacts also of air quality, of of safety, of achievement, of productivity, all of these things kind of build together to create uh, a, that well-being feeling. How so, so we, we see a future or, or specifically from a region villages perspective, you see a future of this being an essential part of us. How do we. How do we, you know, when we start to look at investment into communities and investment into infrastructure, how do we start to quantify these kind of really intangible benefits, or can we? And no, it's an amazing question, and and a great lead into the fact that we've uh, initiated between Regen Villages, uh, our work at Stanford University, and now Duke University mm-hmm. on this topic of a new kind of spreadsheet, which mm-hmm. is positive long-term externalities, meaning what does a Regen Villages community look like? five years, 10 years, 20, mm-hmm. 50, 100 years from now, um, as it blossoms and fruits and yeah. is overproducing these asset classes of clean water, clean energy, uh, high yield organic food production, and, um, and waste to resource at a neighborhood scale, which are actually, again, as an asset class, that mm-hmm. we can show um, uh, materially from an economic perspective that investing now in these kinds of communities will create a whole era of new economic models, mm-hmm. right? Um, and if you see what's happening right now, for instance, in the EU uh, and Canada and other places like New Zealand and South Korea, and hopefully now with the new Biden administration here in the US, that we will have uh, a focus on green transition. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? It means new infrastructure, typically probably around housing, because that's mm-hmm. urgent. Um, it has to be um, sort of SDG compliant, sustainable development goal compliant with all of its regenerative resilient components. Mm-hmm. And also this realization that uh, this globalized system of food, for instance, is actually not safe mm-hmm. because any you know, particular government or country could shut their borders down from their exports and all of a sudden, you get a, a domino effect of countries beginning to do that. Uh, but then we realize that we're missing certain key ingredients that we no longer uh, have been cultivating ourselves anymore. Yeah. And so, so again, there's this uh, idea of investing in this future that will be uh, about resiliency, which mm-hmm. is really about safety. Yeah. 
And that's where we see this whole thing uh, taking shape with this positive externality spreadsheet. So we can show sovereign wealth yeah. and pension fund and EU regional structural funds and other big government funds that this is, especially the patient debt finance folks, mm -hmm. that this is the, the way forward. Yeah. And that's really where we, we imagine investment needs to be. The I can only imagine the breadth uh, and how many considerations you'd have to build into that new spreadsheet. I could uh, I, I could imagine the brainstorming sessions uh, and the rabbit holes that you would end up down <laughs> as you went through that conversation. How so? You go through that process. You you demonstrate that not only is there a personal benefit uh, for the the community themselves, so the the members of that community, but also that taking this approach can can pay and repay in dividends through the future how do we get there like we and maybe specifically for for this podcast for this um conversation how can how can the technologies of today help you make this a reality another great question uh so so we really start off as uh as a we're a software company regen village mm -hmm. is a software company however we do have uh, interest, asset-backed real estate interests to allow us to do several of our own joint venture pilot neighborhoods. These would mm -hmm. be 500 plus home neighborhood communities, new yeah. build. Um, and so it's a traditional real estate development, residential real estate development business model. Mm -hmm. um, buy homes, uh, we sell homes, we rent homes. Uh, at the same time, we have um, this, this uh, software stack that is learning and building in a repository of regenerative resilient information, mm -hmm. geospatial information, uh, adjacency information for neighborhoods and, and community assessment and new rule books that can be changed. And then what happens is we represent uh, to moneyed interests right now around the world, landowners, real estate developers, mm -hmm. constructors, uh, government and communities, that we have a tool, uh, a generative twin machine learning sim city, sim village, if you will, yeah. that allows lay people to toggle their interests on a particular piece of land mm -hmm. and, and very quickly get to a digital master plan that checks all the boxes for a new rule system based on the old rule system with a morph, basically with an onion skin over new rules, yeah. then we can get to fast track permitting. And, and that really is a problem solver then yeah. for an entire, again, very well-moneyed ecosystem of, of stakeholders. Mm -hmm. At that point, we take the, uh, the software becomes the, the replication and global scale model. And, and many people have called us the Tesla of eco-villages because we have looking at this idea of climate-related neighborhood infrastructure mm -hmm. that can communicate with each other across the cloud, learn from each other, and autonomously improve or mitigate. So imagine you wake up in the morning and your neighborhood has had a software upgrade. Mm -hmm. um, that's in your benefit, uh, yeah. where you yourself as a person living in the neighborhood are not a product to be sold. Uh, the data really belongs to the communities, but rather that we look at machine learning and robotic assistance as a, a method for achieving 
uh, a means to an end, yeah. which is flourishing and thriving. And, and I think that's something that as, uh, as humans, uh, we really need to aspire to. Uh, yeah. and, and that's the new economic milieu that we're really ta talking about. So it's an evolution, starting traditional real estate development, making a new model that makes the old one obsolete, mm -hmm. a la Bucky Fuller, and then yeah. moving towards the future. Okay. So, so as you mentioned, you're using that design process to try and make it easier to, to realize these, these communities and also to make it more flexible so people can, can look at the options, look at all of the different things because you are looking at so many different aspects to, like I think you use the word toggle, to turn on their preferences to say, what, what are we focused on? What, what do we as a community or a developer or someone who's working with this, what are the, our key goals? What do we want to achieve? And then when we, uh, that, that enables us to create the community. Then once we have the community, it sounds like you described that, you know, the people within that community obviously are able to leverage and benefit from all that information created, uh, you know, to have a, a an integrated, connected community. And connected is probably, you know, where I'll get to the question eventually, uh, you know, to, to leverage this connected community to to realize benefits also for, for them as an organization. Now, that, that connectivity, you know, when we're talking about water, we're talking about waste, we're talking about food production, energy, you know, mobility, uh, all these different things. Like that, that's, that has to be fun, but that has to be a challenge. How, how do you imagine that we, we get to that point of bringing all of that together? Well, that's really been the, the cause celeb uh, and the raison d'etre for Regen Villages from mm -hmm. its inception, right? Which is that there's amazing companies out there. You happen to be with one of them, like yep. Siemens, for instance. Um, and, and many of these companies have open APIs, mm -hmm. application program interfaces, which can talk to our village operating system software. And, and so really it's not a matter of science, technology, or physics <laughs> anymore yeah. to bring these neighborhoods together um, and to create integration and communication between these different systems where they can actually learn about each other from each other and understand that there's this lovely kind of Venn overlay where the output of one system really does become the input of another. Mm -hmm. And that's really the exciting future of, of technology, that it can be integrated and in support of these primary goals mm -hmm. uh, of, uh, of neighborhoods. The thing that people, I think, forget or don't realize is that any subdivision or any building that's being built is literally an integration of onion skin, of multiple layers yeah. of infrastructure and control and and just albeit right now those systems don't really communicate with each other very much mm -hmm. they may they may tie in in certain places power talks to water uh energy talks to power and water waste mm -hmm. talks to those but it doesn't understand their relationship yeah. and how they they can learn from that relationship and that's where our village os really comes in to play we think um in creating uh, the circumstances for a pipeline of these mm -hmm. kinds of communities to get built very quickly. Now yeah. what's happening, for instance, in the construction industry, you're seeing these warehouses, especially in Germany, the Baltics, you're seeing these prefab um, assembly line, you know, a la kind of, you know, Mercedes, BMW, Ford, whatever, 
of housing units, which are wall units and modules. Mm -hmm. Everything is on an assembly line and everything is sort of dock to stock. So yep. plumbing, electrical, glazing, uh, heating, well, lighting, sensors. And then at the other end, what comes out of this flat pack, Lego systems, yeah. that when they get to site, all you need to do is clear the site out. It takes several months, six, eight months maybe to do the right kind of regenerative permaculture design. And once you have that, the housing actually can go up very quickly. Mm. We've seen um, a prefab house can go up in two or three days yeah. and be move-in ready in less than a week uh, because everything is actually done in a controlled environment. It saves one-third construction waste, which mm -hmm. is money and also environmental impact, and one-fifth less construction cost on site. We're also seeing 3D extrusion. Companies like Icon, yeah. for instance, you know, printing 3D homes in 24 hours yeah. um, for sale for less than 5,000 US, fully finished. Yeah. So we see that there's a path for the global south. And, a, and, a, and that there is a business model at the bottom of the pyramid. Mm -hmm. We happen to start in Northern Europe, uh, but we're looking, of course, as a global solution for this. Yeah. And, and that's my question, maybe, because you just mentioned, you know, I think it's a really exciting part of our of the construction industry at the moment that we see we see not just an approach or success taking this prefabrication approach, but we see so many different ways to do it. As you say, uh, 3D printing using using a concrete or a concrete load substance to the point of having having uh, you know laser cut wood panels that slip together um, or, or even at a high-rise construction having having modules that that's plugged together and and you know we create apartments in in three clicks is it is the timing right now is this also a key part that that not only do we have the technology you know the connectivity capabilities the technology within the thing the uh you know the different disciplines energy water power etc but also that you know in in this time of disruption we have different players different people entering industries that used to be you know used to have high barriers to entry used to have traditional competitors is it is now the time that we can make this happen maybe is my question the answer is we have an urgent call to action. I don't, I don't pitch this idea. I'm no. not pitching anymore, right? It's, this is really that we have this moment right now in front of us to do the right things. Mm -hmm. that, and we do the right things over the course of the next couple of decades. And we really double down and triple down and quadruple down on mm -hmm. these kinds of developments that we then set the circumstances for the next generations to come to have safety, to have mm -hmm. resiliency, to, to use open space and previously zoned ag or ranch land, for instance. And you know it's anathema to try to build on that, but we can prove with our software and with our building you know, capacity that we mm -hmm. can actually overproduce a, a greater variety of artisanal ingredients yeah. and, and resources from those pieces of land while also housing, you know, hundreds or even thousands of families mm -hmm. on that same land. This is a uh, a, a revolutionary step mm -hmm. for us to be able to to use the current uh, business models of re residential real estate, but to affect positive change, construction, material industry, mm -hmm. on on the technology providers and their platforms 
to really get things into this uh, this funnel going in the right direction? The answer is yes. Now is our moment. Mm-hmm. We know we can have a modern eco-village approach that can imagine, for instance, a neighborhood going from master plan to move in in less than 12 months. Yeah. Now, when you talk to somebody from a real estate development perspective or construction or engineering or even government, they would say, no, you're, you're, you're trying to bend the time-space continuum on us. Like that's impossible. But yeah. it's, not, it's not true. It's actually we've seen these kinds of developments happen around the world when you've got the right government, mm-hmm. when you've got the right partners, the right funding and things behind it, and the pain points in the community that really want this to happen. Then those stars line up very quickly and those things can, can get built. So yeah. uh, we know, for instance, in Brandenburg, how quickly uh, the Gigafactory has gone up, uh, faster than in Shanghai, okay? Yeah. How is that possible in Germany for, for you know, very traditional conservative kind of, of um, um, Burgermeister you know, community to, yeah. you know, to make that happen. And the truth is because there is this compelled need and an mm-hmm. area that's looking to, to, to create a new economic rejuvenation, that's where we see us having this ability with Regen Villages to, to enable uh, a quicker start, but mm-hmm. then we can also come back towards the cities, suburban and even urban areas with some breakaway pieces that are about uh, urban infill for regenerative resiliency. Yeah, and and that will be my last question because I know that like this this has been great fun, uh, and and talking about this, you know, I love to zoom out and and look at not just you know the the specific disciplines or even the many disciplines that sit within one single piece of infrastructure, but then to really zoom out and see when you come at it from a a community member perspective, when you come at it from a residence perspective. And all of these additional things like food and water and waste all start coming into it, which is I really like that aspect to understand that you know, all of the technologies and and the innovations that, as you mentioned, that you know we have an industry out there driving this, how it can link together and how it can bring bring that value and and that operational capability, that sustainability, that uh, energy efficiency, but also help deliver you know, some of these additional opportunities in the future. So so my last question is, you know, at the moment you have a focus on on these resilient communities and right there in your last statement, you just started thinking about, then we can start to bring this in. How, what can we learn from these, these lily pads, as you described it? What can we learn from these lily pads which can help us then bring these ideas into these existing urban areas? Yeah, and I and I really believe that uh, you know that Siemens in many ways is at the forefront of a lot of these technological pieces, uh, and as a means to an end for for bettering the human condition, mm-hmm. and that's really what we you know what technology is all about at the end of the day. So uh, the way I envision it, and this is my personal opinion course, about yeah. regenerative resiliency in urban areas, is that it's very challenging to take, like for instance, a pre-war building. In, in New York City and somehow make it a regenerative, resilient uh, structure, yeah. you know, in terms of food and water and energy and waste. So, but however, we think that there's this opportunity to create these overlays. Mm-hmm. So whether it's rooftop uh, farm and gardening systems or atrium farm and gardening systems, 
water capture systems, energy production, uh, enhancement systems, that this becomes a kind of adjunct piece to mm -hmm. that building infrastructure that um, supports the building, but doesn't have to rebuild it or retrofit the building itself. Yeah. And I think that's really, you know, pretty interesting as a model um, to, to kind of get at um, block by block regenerative resiliency yeah. or building by building. Um, because I'm really a neighborhood guy. That's who I am. I, mean, I grew up in neighborhoods, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you know, in New York, you have these neighborhoods. They're tough. They're strong. Um, they care about each other. They have this, this, this connectivity. That is the, 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 really the kernel of this that mm -hmm. we can get to uh, safety neighborhood by neighborhood, block by block with yeah. these overlays. That's our interpretation of taking breakaway pieces from these lily pads of regen villages on greenfield areas mm -hmm. and bringing them back into the suburban and urban context. So super excited to work with you and with Siemens on this uh, going forward, however we can. Absolutely. James, thank you so much for joining us. It was a really great conversation. I enjoyed it very much. So thank you. And, uh, and, and, and thank you to everyone out there who's listening. Please feel to comment, comment share, like, uh, you know, subscribe to this episode, but also to the show in general. You know, go out and check out Regen Villages. It's really interesting. And as you heard from this conversation, you know, that the breadth of scope is amazing. So there are so many possibilities within, uh, you know, the conversation and the thought process that James and his team is going through. So check it out. Uh, and as always, keep your eye open for future episodes. They're always coming every week, so keep an eye out. And otherwise, uh, be safe, be healthy, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you.